Hey y'all, this is Trent, and I am part of No Walls Worship, which is an alternative church service of Bee Creek UMC. We are uh, alternative, and we are, well, uh, there's a a food truck in Austin, downtown Austin. Actually, they got a couple locations, and it's called Spartan Pizza. If you like New York-style pizza, it's really good, and uh, they've got amazing garlic cheese bread. In fact, you should go to Spartan Pizza just to check out the garlic cheese bread. But I tell you about it to say uh, we we are at No Walls. We are the Spartan food truck of church. <laughs> um, well, maybe, maybe we're more like the cheesy bread, the really good garlic cheesy bread of church. But... Uh, Anyway, I'm sitting in my new house, and last time I recorded, I was in the little rental house while we were working on this project, and it it feels really, really good to have this project behind us. We're, we're very happy. I am in my daughter's bedroom, my oldest daughter's room, like I have been in the past, because this is where the desk ended up, and I'm still searching for my new quiet place in the house. Y'all know what I mean. There's you have to have your own little spot, your own little quiet place in the house, and I'm I'm still searching. Um, schedule uh, tonight is Friday. I'm recording a day early for Sunday service, Sunday March fourth, and we're going to be at Sycamore Creek. I'm recording a day early because we're going to be celebrating a good friend's fiftieth birthday most of the day tomorrow and needed to get a jump on this but um so march 4th sycamore creek um march 18th we're going to be back at the distillery the crystal creek distillery which is over there on the um pace bend road in b creek behind the b creek makers market and then i'm real real excited about easter eve um that's not a real holiday but uh, Easter Eve is when we do our crawfish boil, now our annual, second annual crawfish boil. And this year we're going to have it at Crystal Creek. I had a meeting Thursday, yesterday, with the folks at Crystal Creek and the folks at Bee Creek Makers Market. And they're super pumped up about it and very supportive. And we're really excited to get some eyeballs on Crystal Creek. Those guys are working real hard and want to want to be a part of this community and I hope you'll come out and support them. Um, I just want to say a quick word about goals uh, for No Walls. And um, goals is probably too strong or too formal of a word. But yeah, I think I've said before on the the cast here that we are in our second year, and that's amazing. I mean, it's been such a blessing. Uh, and that even seems trite uh, to say it's a blessing. It's It's been such an amazing part of my life. And year one, I think, rattling around in the back of my head was, can we do this? <laughs> like, like, can John and I survive doing no walls and leading our families and loving our families and also maintaining our day jobs as banker, musician? And... um the answer was we can, and it's fitted nicely to what what we do. And I think the question 
on my mind this year is what do we want this to be? What do we want this to grow into? And uh, I've been spending some brain time and prayer time and reflection time on that. And I, I invite you to do the same. If you are not an attender, but you are listening to this, and um, but you're proud of what Bee Creek does, I'd ask that you be in prayer about what do you want this to be. And I hope you're proud of what we're doing. And my guess is you know somebody. Um, you know somebody that may be into what we do. And uh, if so, please send them our way. Okay, uh, I'm going to get into the message. This is the message that we'll deliver on Sunday, March 4th, Sycamore Creek. And uh, when you hear this, we'll be past that date. But um, I hope you enjoy it. The title of this message is, I think, my favorite title so far. <laughs> the title of this message is Stop Grinding Your Teeth. Let's go. We have a problem. Here's the problem. For the past year, if you've been paying attention, I, I've been going in and out of the parables, Jesus's parables. We've We've been talking about the stories that Jesus told. And in two of the last few messages, two of these parables, there's been parts of the story that I've left out. I've skipped over them. And, and y'all, some of that's innocent. These parables are dense and I've got to pick a lane and I pick out to pick the lane and got to motor down it. And y'all, this is a bit of a side note. If, if you're ever struggling with something creatively, you ever notice it's how amazing it is, how things open up when you just pick a lane? And there's a there's a weird alchemy in that. It's um, freedom and restriction, creative creativity within boundaries. But anyway, um, but but there's been but there's been another reason I've skipped these passages. It's it's because they're hard. Um, I I have this fundamental belief and intention in my messages to communicate that God is not scary. The God of the universe is for you. And I skipped over these certain parts because read a particular way, well, they make God seem scary. So that's my plan. I, I want to go back to a couple of these stories and show you these parts that I skipped. And then I want to try to make sense of them. Okay. Story one. Jesus tells a story about a king who throws a party at a wedding banquet. And what he does is he sends his servants out to tell people about the party. They, the servants, they keep getting rejected. They're treated terribly, but the servants, they still go out. They're super persistent. And the lane that I picked, the lane we went down when I went through this was, why in the snot would these servants keep going out? And the only rational conclusion I could come up with was that they knew how awesome the party would be. And they knew, they just knew the party couldn't be missed. This story is about being welcome to the party and how good the party is. Everyone's invited. It's a great party. I want to be there. You want to be there, but check this part out. 
Okay, this is the part I skipped. This is Matthew 22, and it's verses 11 through 13. So they're at the party. Lots of people came, not the folks you'd expect. Verse 11. But then when the king came into the party to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Gasp. <laughs> Verse 12. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What? <laughs> weeping and gnashing of teeth. Come on. The king tosses someone out of the party. Story number two, Jesus tells this story about a master. Uh, and the master is going away for some period of time and he gives, in, he gives his servants, he gives his servants this incredible amount of money. It's an absurd amount of money. And two of the servants do good work with the money and one of the servants really screws up. He ends up burying something like $1.3 million in the ground. Bad servant. But what we talked about was the mistake that the servant made was not the burying the $1.3 million in the ground. The, this mistake was more about the servant's mindset. The servant approaches the master and says, I would have done something with that money, but I thought you were cruel. I thought you stole, I thought you sowed where you did not reap. And the master, when he hears this, is, I'm reading, heartbroken. He says, you thought I was cruel. And that's with a question mark. You thought I was cruel as if he couldn't believe what the servant thought. So this message, the lane we picked, was about our mindsets and how simple shifts in how we perceive something can make a big difference. But check this part out. All right, this is the part I skipped. Matthew 25. This is 28 through 30. Then the master ordered, this is after he's talked to that last servant who screwed up, uh, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of gold. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Ouch. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping and gnashing of teeth again. Y'all, the master has the servant thrown outside into the cold. And y'all, what I'm picturing is that if I was delivering this message at the main campus, that <laughs> the people in the front row wouldn't be able to see that there was several people in the back row 
that started to sneak out. So what are we going to do with this? Weeping and gnashing of teeth. I, I don't want to avoid it. And I also don't want to give you some trite, lazy church word answer. All told this phrase, weeping and gnashing of teeth, it, it shows up seven times in the New Testament. Six times in the book of Matthew and of those six times in the book of Matthew, it shows up five times in one of Jesus's stories. So I think we have to deal with it. And I want to offer up some ways to think about this phrase. And, and, and more than that, what's happening in these stories, these two stories particularly. So first, first I want you to see, or I want to describe one of the major themes Jesus is trying to get across to his disciples, particularly towards the end of Matthew, where these two stories show up. You see, for centuries, the Jewish people were anticipating a savior. And what they wanted was a king. They were expecting a political messiah, some someone to step into the mess of the current climate and make it better. Um, they wanted they wanted somebody to step in and save them from religious oppression, save them from poverty, save them from all what they saw were injustices in the world. Someone to reign, a king. And Jesus, again, especially towards the end of Matthew, is, is starting to prepare the people that I'm not the savior that you're expecting. This isn't going to work the way you think it's going to work. You, you, ever, you ever see that part in Batman? Um, the Christian Bale Batman, not the Ben Affleck Batman. Ben Affleck is not my Batman, but... It's the part in the Christian Bale Batman where Batman says something, a gravelly, deep gravelly voice. Batman is not the hero that Gotham wants. Batman is the hero that Gotham needs. Well, I, I, I think this is what Jesus is trying to get, to get across to folks. He's saying, stop trying to do your one plus one equals two math here. The way you always thought the way that the world works. Your arithmetic is broken. I'm trying to show you a whole new way to do math. Okay? You get this? The king invites everyone to the party. The master gives away his wealth to share with his servants. The first will be last. The last will be first. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those that mourn. He's turning things upside down. And in these stories... We see some people on the outside looking in. They are outside in the cold, weeping and gnashing their teeth. Their hands and feet are bound. Because I don't think they got it. They don't get the new math. They don't understand the new rules. Y'all y'all watch this. Jesus begins these parables, these two specific parables, by saying, he doesn't say, let me tell you what God is like. 
He says, let me help you understand what the kingdom of heaven looks like, what this other way of living looks like. It's, it's a little bit upside down, and it's a little bit counterintuitive. Second, second of several things, I think, that are ways to think about this. And in a way, this is a point I've been punching a few times as I've been going through these parables that that I'm going to try to punch a little harder here, that that these, these stories in in many ways are absurd and they're they're intentionally absurd. They're they're dramatized, they're set up in a way to get people's attention to make a point. When you start to read the story and you hear a king invited people to his son's wedding and people didn't want to come to the king's wedding at the palace, you think, wow, that's really weird. And the way you hear it well, the, the hearers that were hearing it in Jesus' time were hearing it in a lot weirder way than you're hearing it because of the culture at the time. It, it got people's attention. That was the intention of the parable. Y'all, it's, um, it's kind of like that part in, I don't know why I'm doing another movie here, Field of Dreams, um, the movie Field of Dreams. Y'all know that movie? Yeah, my favorite movie of all time, I mean. Dad, do you want to have a catch? It's um, beautiful. Uh, Ray, Ray Kinsella, and Annie, his wife, and their daughter, Karen. They, <laughs> I don't know this movie well. Uh, they live on the farm. Ray is farming corn. You see them having dinner. Ray is out in the field. Everything is nice and normal. And then Ray hears a voice. If you build it, he will come right? The whisper, the eerie music, and, and you, you as the movie watcher, you immediately know, oh, <laughs> there's something strange happening in this movie. There's something different going on here. It's your clue. And here's the weird thing. We understand immediately at the beginning of these parables that this like the incredible generosity, the, the 10 plus million dollars. It's, it's not about $10 million. This is not a banking story. It's, it's illustrative of something else, and it's, it's there to set a tone. But I think what's funny is we read the part about the king binding the guest, tying him up, throwing him out, just because he had the wrong kind of clothes on, and it makes us uncomfortable weeping and gnashing of teeth. Maybe it just makes me uncomfortable. But we don't stop to go, what if this is illustrative? What if this is illustrative of something else? Third thing. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Y'all, I, <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about this. I told Pastor Laura what my message was this week, and she was like, you're talking about what? <laughs> like, a little suspicious. Um, I looked up this phrase, uh, gnashing of teeth, because I understood weeping, but gnashing is not something you hear a lot. In a, in a Greek reference, and uh, I, I looked up this phrase in, the, in a Greek reference, and the very first translation I saw was something very, very simple. 
gnashing of teeth means grinding of teeth. Grinding of teeth. And there's something just immediately more approachable about that phrase. I used to grind my teeth. Ask Mitzi if I still do. I don't think I still do. But y'all, grinding your teeth is a terrible affliction. And it's and it's a condition that is caused by stress. Or when your teeth are out of a line or if you have sleep apnea. And it's a ter- I say it's a terrible affliction because it, it can wear your enamel. And over time, it can make your teeth more sensitive to heat and cold. And even in extreme cases, it could cause you to chip and crunch your teeth away. I used to have these stress dreams where my teeth would crumble out of my mouth. Awful, awful dreams. And here's what I want you to do. I'm doing this now with you. I want you to clench your jaw and just just clench your jaw. And And then I want you to feel that muscle, that muscle that's right there on the size of your face. I wish you could see see what I'm doing. That would make things easier. And I want you to clench and unclench. And I want you to feel that muscle in the side of your face and your jaw that's flexing. That muscle is called the mass eater muscle. Mass eater. It's such an appropriate name for that muscle. You know, this is the strongest muscle in your body strongest muscle. It's tiny, but in a very small range of motion, it can generate over 200 pounds of pressure between your molars. I was reading about the mass eater muscle and teeth grinding. And if, if you're grinding your teeth, it can actually, over time, it can change the shape of your face. I was reading about women, women particularly, who would go to the plastic surgeon to have their, they would be noticing that their jaws were more square than they wanted. And they wanted to have the plastic surgeon look at this. And the surgeon would first refer them back to a dentist or orthodontist to be treated for teeth grinding. Because the teeth grinding is leading, was, was leading to overdeveloped mass eater muscles. I want you to try something for fun. Um, I imagine you're listening to this alone or, or maybe you're with somebody and, and so this will work. But if you're listening to this alone, maybe do this in a mirror when you go home. Uh, I want you to clench your jaw like we were doing before. Clench your jaw and I want you to put your hands on your face like I was telling you before where that mass eater muscle is. And I want you to, I want you to really feel the firmness and strength of that muscle again. And I want you to imagine as powerful as you are, as powerful as your biceps are and your your legs and your feet and on your head. Imagine how powerful that little muscle is. And I want you to keep your hands there. And I want you to clench your feet, clench your teeth. And I want you to try to smile. It's super simple, like teeth clenched. I want you to try to smile. <laughs> and, you, and you won't see this. I mean, if you're doing it in your car or wherever, you'll, you'll feel it. 
that it's the most disgusting smile ever. It doesn't work. You cannot clench your teeth and smile in a genuine way. We're having fun, aren't we? <laughs> with, with weeping and gnashing of teeth. Who'd have thought? But here's, here's, here's what I really want to get across. I want us to stop. I want to stop grinding my teeth. I want you to stop grinding your teeth. We have been invited to the banquet. We've been given bags and bags of gold coins. There is a new kind of arithmetic at play. And I want us to stop thinking we have to play by this old set of rules. Let me close with this story. Um, it's been a hard, it's been a hard couple of years for my bank. Uh, some of you will know this, some of you, this is not something you know about. But we, we had a sales scandal that hit the presses in 2016. And we've been super transparent, I think, as an organization about what, what happened and what we're doing to rectify it. But because of it, we've been under intense scrutiny and regulation by the government, and that's all with good reason. And we've worked really, really hard to transform our culture. But I have to tell you, on the inside, it's been super stressful. Now, some of this I, I feel like may verge on the confidential, so I'm going to try to say it this way. Um, when you are under scrutiny, when a company is under scrutiny, sometimes there are lawsuits. And um, that's not a secret. That's been in the news. But w when there are lawsuits, sometimes a banker you know mm, maybe. um along with just about everybody he works with, have been asked to retain all their documents and retain all their emails and retain everything they ever created just in case you go under investigation. Um, I'm not. <laughs> this banker is not under investigation. Um, and, and this banker knows you've not done anything wrong, but it's still really kind of weird to live under this scrutiny. There's a lot of attention and a lot of focus on doing things right. And then I want to give you a um, second little bit of context. First little bit of context is crazy year uh, for me at work. Second little bit of context is this last fall. Um, this last fall was really, really hard for my mom and dad. My mom... <clears throat> this fall fell and she broke her hip. She's 66 years old, I think, 66. Yeah. And she's been battling lupus since I was 10 years old. So she, her health's not great to begin with. Um, so the, the hip break was, was really tough on her. Um, but, and then, oh, 
two, three weeks after she breaks her hip, she's beginning to recover. She's had surgery. Her mom, my grandmother, 80, mid, mid late 80s, um, great health. She fall, she fell in her apartment and she died. So it was a tough time, uh, a really tough time for my mom and dad last September, last October. So I, I go up there, I'm up there for both events and I'm doing the sun thing. I'm, I'm crashing on the couch. I'm trying to help where I can. And y'all, I think y'all know how these times can be. They are, they're hard and they are emotional and it's bad news, but it's in a way, it's also kind of amazing, right? Um, my mom is, is funny and she's fun and <laughs> she's smart and she's thoughtful and she has this deep faith. And so even like laid up in bed, she's just really, really good to be around. And my dad, um, he and I can get into these really good, deep talks about life and fatherhood and relationships and you know, so it's, it's just, it's a hard time, but also it's, it's a blessing to be up there by myself. I'm, I mean, I got up to be up there with no other responsibilities, no kids, no wife, just mom, dad, sisters, and me and role of son. And man, and it's in the middle of this time. I'm up there for this visit. Uh, I, it's, I know it is. It's, it's between the time where my mom fell and was in recovery and when my grandmother died. So I'm, it's in between that time and I, I'm trying to kind of keep up with work. I've got my laptop with me and I'm checking my phone and yada yada. Can you remember me saying that we're under this scrutiny? We're under intense regulation and when there's intense regulation there's also internal auditors and out of nowhere this internal investigator this compliance consultant she has this weird title i don't remember but this calendar she puts this calendar invite on my calendar called credible challenge credible challenge no description just those words and i accept the invite i i am confused <laughs> But I accept it and I email her. I say, hey, how are you? What's uh, this about? No reply. So I get on instant messenger and I try to ping her, you know, what's this about? Hey, I'm Trent. Hey, what's the credible challenge? Nothing. And y'all, I'm stressing. I'm stressing about this call. And I'm doing this inner dialogue almost every day. Like, I, I don't think I've done anything wrong. I mean, I know I've not done anything wrong, but maybe I did something so wrong that I don't even realize that it's wrong. And as the day is getting closer, the meeting's getting closer, I'm really working myself up and convincing myself that I'm about to get fired. And then the day of the meeting, I'm at my mom and dad's and my mom is downstairs. She's laid up in the bed there broken hip, post-surgery, and I'm upstairs in this spare bedroom, huddled over my computer on the floor, waiting for this call 
and all this consultant, she doesn't even show up. <laughs> I'm like five minutes in, 10 minutes in, what's going on? I've been dying to find out what this is about. And y'all, I'm, I'm picturing this, this woman, this compliance auditor, investigator, this person. I'm picturing her with devil horns and a pitchfork. And I'm picturing her laughing at me as she's watching the clock, watching herself be late by five minutes, ten minutes. This is torture. And so I email. Nothing. I instant messenger. No response. Nothing. She puts the call on my calendar again. She moves it for a week later. So I got another week of putting myself through this. Yeah. And so this goes on for a couple of weeks, increasing intensity. I'm back home. And y'all, my rational mind knows that the stress this is calling it this the stress this is causing is really is really silly but my lizard brain is scared i'm grinding my teeth over this and you know what ends up happening i get her on the phone finally there's another Trent Smith in the company. <laughs> These two people know each other. They're working on a project. This credible challenge is just something they're working through. I'm stressing and I'm grinding my teeth for nothing. For nothing. Y'all, I know this is maybe a silly example. But I think there's a couple of things here. One, this grinding of my teeth was self-inflicted. I did this on my own. The compliance consultant was not on the other end of the line with her pitchfork. I was creating my own personal torment. And second, I missed some of the joy of that time with my mom and dad because I was busy with, with my own anxiety. When Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven, I believe he wasn't talking about the afterlife. He talked about the kingdom of heaven being near, being here on earth. And you are invited to the party. You and I have been given bags of gold. Stop grinding your teeth. And here's what I want us to do. I know, I mean, I know it. <laughs> I'm gonna get caught in something like that again. I am going to fall asleep to the beauty of this life. 
I'm going to fall asleep again to the gifts I've been given. I'm going to fall asleep to all that I have. And while I'm sleeping, I I might start grinding my teeth. And here's what I'm going to do. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. When I notice myself in that space, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to put my fingers on my face just gently right on top of these mass eater muscles. And I'm going to feel and remind myself how powerful they are. How much force that little muscle can produce. And I'm going to breathe in and out fully and deeply. And I am going to pray. Will you pray with me? God, I know you are bigger than this. Help me see what is mine to control. What I need to work hard at. And help me see what is not mine. Help me let that go. Thank you, God. Thank you for the beauty of this life and for what I have. Amen. Thank you um, for listening and Next time.